Hello and welcome to the Free Movement Podcast. I'm CJ McKinney. This is the third in our series of interviews with some of the UK's leading legal bloggers and I'm talking to Giles Peaker, better known perhaps as Nearly Legal after his housing law blog of the same name. Giles is a housing solicitor at Anthony Gold where he became a partner after just five years. He, in addition to his blogging, he's published in a dizzying array of newspapers and academic journals He's a former chair of the Housing Law Practitioners Association, and he is one of the driving forces behind a new housing bill, uh, which at time of recording is currently making its way through the House of Commons, and I might ask Giles to boast about that uh, <laughs> at some point. Uh, hi, Giles. Hi. I've given a sort of potted summary of your legal career, mm. um, but in your case, I was interested in your pre-legal career, um, because I was reading one of your, your early blog posts recently, and in, in that, you, this is back in 2006, seven, I think, when yeah. you were very first, yeah. uh, and you mentioned you had a, I think you said, a not unsuccessful uh, career before turning to law, um, and I, I don't think I would, ever would have guessed what that career was. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, well, I, I was an art historian, uh, I was a, a, a senior lecturer in art history, um, which you know, literally means I had the world's dullest midlife crisis. I, I ran away from art school to become a solicitor, but uh, it was yeah, it was a it was a late change. I think I was, um, I suppose, when I finished the LPC, I must have been coming up to forty. So okay, yeah, a very different path to law than the traditional one, maybe. Yes, yes. Well, there weren't that many of us of of of, uh, of that age group on the on the courses, certainly. How did you find that? I suppose as a you know some of your your peers maybe would have been a bit younger and you were maybe <laughs> talked down to when you're the one used to lecturing. I mean, it must have been a wrenching change. Um, yes, yes, there was an element of that. Uh, I think um, certainly there was uh, amongst some of the youngsters there was a sort of level of competitiveness which was uh, was was quite amusing really. But um, yeah, I think it was. Uh, it was it was okay, but yeah, it was it was you, interesting. You got, you got there in the end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, were you sort of attracted to the law particularly, or you just wanted you know anything that wasn't art history sort of thing? Was no, it, no. I mean, it was it was the usual thing. I'd I'd first toyed with doing the um, uh, what was then the CPE GDL um, after my first degree, but didn't. And uh, yeah, it was it was for various reasons the opportunity came up and. Um, that was that was what I went back to. Um, haven't regretted it. I have to say. Absolutely, and and as I say, it um, your, your uh, career trajectory has been been quite rapid in it. Um, always housing law was that always something that attracted you from the off or something? No, sort of? not at all. Um, I mean, the original sort of vague plan I think was employment law, but um, I ended up uh, paralegaling with a housing practice, and and that was that. Mm-hmm. Um, the employment law blogging world is, is the poorer for it, perhaps. Um, it has plenty of its own. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Uh, perhaps we'll interview one later in the series. Um, so the blog then was set up while you were still a paralegal, I think. So yep, it couldn't yeah, have been a yeah. housing law specialty blog then at that time. No, it, th- that's what it turned into, I think. Um, originally it was just, um, I don't know, just somewhere for me to write about anything that interested me um, at, the, at the time. And yeah, I was a, I was a paralegal then, then trainee. But it quite rapidly became um, sort of housing law focused, and you know, still astonishing to me looking back, actually got a readership, and that uh, that rather cemented it. When did you sort of first know that you had an audience beyond you know a 
a few diehards maybe that you were you were reaching. Oh, it's been worse when people started uh, started emailing in about you know case reports and so on and case notes, and it was uh, suddenly yeah, this was. Um, How far was that in? You know, after you started. Um, off? Fairly, fairly soon, I suppose. Um, six nine months in, I suppose. Okay, that's quite yeah, quite quite rapid um, success. And is that yeah. sort of was there anything else in that? Space at the time where you were unique, no. sort of. No. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, no, that's not fair. There was um, uh, Tessa Shepperson's uh, landlord law blog, um, which is very much tied to her, her business. Tessa's a good friend. She actually hosts the provides our hosting. Oh, no, very good. So, okay. um, but that was very much aimed at uh, at um, well, as it as it says, really at at uh, at uh, lay landlords, and uh, where NL went was. I suppose much more a a uh, uh, legal analysis rather than uh, rather than just sort of you know general landlord law issues. And could you get that sort of thing on sort of Lexus Nexus and a and a you know sort of professional subscription service if you wanted? Like, is there a yes? Uh, yes, I mean, but, I, but not as uh, we say not as good. Not um, as good. Uh, I mean, you you will get you will get the case reports on the on the on on the professional services. What you won't get is is. Uh, Case reports written by people who actually practice that area of law. Okay, so it's about the expertise and the yeah people who know what it's like day in day out in practice sort of thing. Exactly, um, uh, with added comments, um, occasionally rude comments, but it's um, yeah. Well, that's I mean you know with free movement we sort of try to encourage that bit of personality and humour mm. in the writing it just makes the, the stuff more digestible um, to us and I, you, you can see for, with your articles you're you're trying to make it funny where it can be funny <laughs> and, and engaging where it can be engaging a desperate attempt to shoehorn in humour yeah no it's uh, it, well it's just some, sometimes the opportunity presents itself and sometimes it just it just is funny and, and you know it needs to be treated that way but I, you know, it, 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 it always needs to be readable so when you sort of brought in other uh, experts to help you with the blog, obviously it would have taken some of the weight off your shoulders. Um, did it feel like giving up control? I mean, I appreciate it was a long time ago, maybe, but it, you know, a blog is something quite personal. It's, it's your baby almost. And then when you have other people trampling all over it, was that, was that tricky? Uh, at the time, it was more of a sense of utter relief, frankly, because it was more than one person could handle. It still is. Um, I, I knew the people who who, uh, who uh, bravely, possibly stupidly volunteered. And they were very good people. Uh, uh, it was it was uh, delighted to have them uh, writing for the blog. And it's uh, there's still you know, very much a, a team behind the scenes, even if uh, not quite as voluble as it was. Do you sort of edit contributors or discuss your posts between yourselves at all, or is it just uh, individual? It's either first come first served if it's something that a lot of people want to write up, or more usually here's a list. Anybody going to volunteer? Because uh, <laughs> you try to cover everything almost in the, any case law that happens in housing. You're, you're Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, certainly anything in you know, high court and above, and uh, as far as we can, anything interesting from the county courts that comes in. When you first did the blog, it was. Nearly legal. It was anonymous, I think, at least for for a yep, little while. It was um, as as the same with free movement. Um, I think you've you've said in the previous interview you were slightly worried about the the, the reaction of your peers. Almost, if you were oh, yeah. going to be doing this esoteric blogging, what's what's that about? Well, yeah, no, it was it was a very different world back in two thousand and six. Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm sure 
Colin remembers and and uh, I think uh, we talked to Lucy about it as well. In the last interview, Lucy Reed yeah. had a complaint from Chambers. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, and it was, uh, I think, particularly for solicitors' firms who are always uh, extremely, should we say, uh, reticent about about having any kind of public opinion about anything. Um, there was a sense in which you know, actually saying things in public, let alone offering your your views, would be, you know, might be might well be frowned upon. Um, having said that, when I was I, I finally came out, as it were, which is two thousand and eight, I think, uh, because I was I was about to be outed. Right. Uh, you know, the, the firm has been my firm's been immensely supportive and, and uh, uh, you know, there's never any question of that so I just want to make that clear uh, the, the firm's been great but um, yeah I think the original worry was you know, that, that this was not something that lawyers did back then you say the firm's been supportive and obviously mm. these days there's a, um, a great benefit I should think to, to Auntie Gull's housing sort of reputation to be to have that connection uh, through yourself with the mm. blog but would it have been as successful, do you think, if you started out as the Anthony Gold housing law blog? And, you know, just a sort of a subsection of the website. I mean, in theory, you could have said the same things. Uh, in theory, I'm not sure whether I would have done. I mean, I, again, no suggestion that the firm would have, would have stopped me, but I think it just mentally it would have been different. Um, it would have been... It would have, it would have been having the firm's reputation sort of front and centre in thinking about what I was writing rather than um, the sort of relative freedom of, 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 uh, of doing it on something which is, you know, is, is separate from the firm, which is, which is in fact my own. You have that independence and distance, I suppose. I, it, I, well, yes, I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> what it comes down to is, is, is I'm responsible for my own reputation rather than you know, potentially messing the firms up if I if it was writing for the firm. Sure. And do you lose uh, some measure of that um, freedom and independence by, by having your name on it compared to being anonymous? Because obviously you've got, um, in recent uh, months, we've heard a lot about The Secret Barrister, there's mm, a blockbuster mm, book, mm, and, mm. and The Secret Barrister is very probing secret in order to be able to speak freely sort of thing. Um, yes, I mean, I can see, I can see why the, uh, the Secret Barrister wants to maintain the position given, given what they're doing, and I, I think that makes complete sense. I've... I did wonder about that at the point when I was, I had to uh, sort of declare myself, um, but I've, I've never really felt it. I think there was it was it was a sort of bit of a concern, and then it was just well, um, who cares? Uh, I, I'm 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 awkward enough to to uh, to to not really worry about that. Uh, well, you say awkward, and and you know when when I read some of your. Uh, blogs and I, I follow you on Twitter. Obviously, we, we've had some interactions. Your sort of online persona is is compared to some other legal bloggers like like Lucy Vivi is, is very sort of sunny and upbeat um, online. You know your your, <laughs> your your Twitter profile picture is just sort of the frown over the glasses and you're sort of giving ahead about the trains. I mean, I mean, me too. You've you've got a wonderfully sunny disposition. So, yeah. so my, my question is, do you do you sort of play? Do you have a sort of a persona that you play up a little bit? That's... Um, I hope not. <laughs> I, I hope I, I manage to be occasionally sunlit and uh, on Twitter, but. Um, no, I mean, I mean that was it was about the only viable photo I had. It was the reason that's there, but um, yeah, I mean it, it's it's 
I have been wondering about that a bit actually because I mean my, my my following on Twitter, following numbers has has, has increased quite a lot. It's now I'm not sure sixteen thousand or something. And I think yeah. I've just been sort of wondering whether that does have an impact on on what you say and do. And I don't think so so far. But it's yeah, it's just I've been wondering about that. Giles, your uh, sister. Most of the uh, legal bloggers that I read, I think, are barristers. Mm. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think it might be that barristers are more um, uh, traditionally inclined towards giving people their opinions. <laughs> As a succinct answer, and we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll leave it there. I mean, it, it will be. Um, it's always be nice to see more solicitors. I mean, I can think of yourself and, and David Allen Green, obviously, as maybe the big two solicitor um, bloggers. But I mean, if, if you were talking to a sister who was mm. thinking, you know, I. I've got a few things to say. I might start up a blog. Um, mm. I mean, would you recommend it? Well, yes. <laughs> um, uh, uh, if you've got the time. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no getting away from it. It, it. it is a to actually produce something frequently enough for it to be interesting for people um, and for it to actually be interesting. Write it in a way which is interesting for people, hopefully. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a big time commitment, um, and and uh, my my uh, wife would make that point very very strongly indeed. But it's on the other hand, you know, it's uh, it, it can be really really good in all sorts of ways, not just for keeping you on top of your field, which obviously it's it's extremely good for. Um, it's good for your uh, your sort of public reputation. It's uh, it's good as in itself as a as a form of public legal education, uh, and you know, I think that's that's the more people have insight into uh, uh, what is actually happening with the law, the better. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a good thing to do. Yeah, I mean in terms of the public legal education element of it, Colin and I at Free Movement are always I suppose surprised that so much of what we think is quite technical legal information that's aimed at um, mm. other lawyers is, you know, wildly popular, you know, the, it, more hits than there can poss- possibly be lawyers in England and Wales sort yeah. of thing. What do you think people are doing with this information that they, they glean from nearly legal? Um, well, hopefully succeeding in whatever it is <laughs> they're doing with it. But it's it's true. I mean, we... Um, NL was always aimed at, and I think it still is, quite consciously aimed at... Um, at, uh, at housing law professionals. I mean, we're, we're not um, setting out to uh, deliberately as a sort of, you know, educating the public route. However, we do have, and it's very clear, we have a large audience of tenants, landlords, lay people, um, and hopefully, uh, certainly in some of the areas, some of the, um, particularly around the private sector, uh, Tenancies that you know they're, they're finding that they're finding that useful, and we do get the occasional email saying thank you, that was great. I've won my case because of this, which is like, oh, terrific. And that obviously fantastically rewarding or nice to hear. It's nice to hear. It is nice to hear. Um, it's also slightly worrying because you know, as we stress, this is not legal advice. <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite. <laughs> yeah. What's the most popular blog post you've ever written? 
Uh, or your your personal favourite? I'm sure there's been lots of popular ones. Right. Well, it was it it was it wasn't one of mine. It's it's actually one on. Uh, it was it was a trust one, um, and I know why it's the most popular. It's because every year it gets a huge influx of uh, of law students. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> that does not surprise me the slightest. Having having once been a law student. Um, I mean, my own. I don't know. I've got, I've got quite a few favourites. There was there was when the the great battles over the uh, impact of the Human Rights Act on possession cases was going through the, the Supreme Court in a series of cases. We ended up doing uh, literally a sort of team analysis of, uh, of the judgments in each case, uh, which was you know, sort of three or four people all contributing to the same post, uh, which, were, which, were, which were fun. Um, and I think, uh, well, some, sometimes it's the yes. It's my personal favourite was was one called "Stog Stog." I'm in Exeter, which was actually a a, uh, a noise nuisance case of uh, over enthusiastic love making, where they actually ended up uh, with a with a with a prison sentence for breaching an asbo. But um, uh, that that one went down went down well, and it's still a personal favourite. <laughs> I think yeah, the, the the facts of that case you could, you've probably written almost anything about it. Uh, the, the facts would guarantee the audience. <laughs> Did you ever set out to write posts that, that you think this will go beyond the the other sisters and barristers? Um, no, um, but I, it's it's always a surprise when it does, um, and it's 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 quite unpredictable actually as to, as to, as to what what will catch on. Beyond the beyond the professional audience, uh, I wrote one up the other day, which was uh, actually borrowed from uh, legal action, housing updates, but um, which I thought was a relatively straightforward illegal eviction case, although the landlord was a council, which is unusual, but it does happen. Um, legally, relatively straightforward. Um, county court case, but for some reason that really, really caught on, and uh, the numbers on that so far have been huge. Right, yeah. So it's it's never entirely sure what will what will go beyond. Um, I mean, the bit that does surprise me, and this is one of the things that comes off Twitter, is is yeah, it seems to come as a constant surprise to people just how bad things are in housing, particularly homelessness. Um, it's, you get this sort of constant refrain from 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 if you like, sort of lay audience and from followers on Twitter going, they can't do that. Well, yes, they can, and they do. Right, okay, um, people are surprised at the the harshness of yeah, of the law in the area. Right. Yeah, completely. Uh, and it's it's uh, yeah, it is a, a reminder that uh, I suppose the uh, uh, housing advisors, professionals, do live in a bit of a, a silo around this. That it's it's. Uh, it's not more generally known. Well, what's, a, what's a recent example of that? That's something that sort of every day to you, but would shock uh, shock someone else. Oh well, quite simply that I mean, the the bit that really seems to surprise people is that uh, it, it's no good simply if you've become homeless going along to the council and expecting to be housed. Mostly, they won't. This is you. You have to be in priority. Need you have to be in priority need, and unless there's uh, children or pregnancy. Um, it's extremely difficult to be in priority need. Um, and even then, even if you're in priority need, are they going to find that you're intentionally homeless because you had rent arrears in your last property or whatever, in which case, no duty. 
so it's it's it, and even if there is a duty, you don't just get a house; you get to stay in bloody awful temporary temporary accommodation, quite possibly a sort of hostel place or something similar, for three or four years. It's and then get offered a private sector property rather than it seems you know the council will give you a house no they won't well we'll uh, try to end on a more positive note which is uh, you have got a um, bill going through the House of Commons at the moment mm-hmm. um, fitness for human habitation and liability for housing standards bill mm-hmm. um, give us that in a nutshell what's that designed to do it's actually a revival of, of, of quite an old law um, the issue is that uh, while in current law, landlord is responsible to the tenant for repairs, they're not actually responsible for, uh, at least to the tenant, for the property being safe. Um, they may be, might be to the local authority who can take steps under Housing Act 2004, but not to the tenant. So there's no actual liability to the tenant which says, yes, your house will be safe to live in. So if something's broken, they have to fix it. But if something is... Dangerous, but not broken, they don't. And this is a bill in the House of Commons that you drafted, helped introduce? Um, yeah, well, I was working with Justin Bates of Arden Chambers and Karen Buck MP, whose private member's bill it is. Um, and we've been pushing it in one form or another, really, for the last three years. Uh, we had a first go at a private member's bill in, in 2015. But... Uh, Karen did really well in the ballot this year, or last 2017. And, this uh, is the MPs... Uh, the private members, exactly, and, yeah. 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 And you really need to be in the top handful to have any chance it's at all. It's just luck of yeah. the draw you come out, yeah. Okay. Purely, yeah. Uh, so we had another go, and this time we've uh, we've got government support. Oh, fantastic. So that presumably ensures it's pass it or uh, gives you a very good chance of passing I, I will be I will be a lot happier once we've actually got a committee date, but... Uh, te- it should mean. It should mean. I mean, there's still possibilities for things to go wrong. There always are, particularly with private members' bills. But it, yeah, it should mean that it's a, it's got an extremely good chance of going through. Fantastic. Well, I don't know if any other legal bloggers have an active parliament to their names. Um, but you may well be the first, and uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that that happens. Uh, Josh Speaker, thank you very much for your time. Thank you.